0: Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circa Sportsbook here in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit us up on Twitter. I am at Scott's On Air, S C O T T S O N A I R, or all of us here at the network at VCN Live. The boring NBA playoffs continued here on Monday. And yes, I call it boring because we haven't had any close games in a while. With the exception of a third quarter between the Celtics and Heat a couple of days ago, or last week, I guess, the Eastern Conference Finals has been a snooze fest. And the Western Conference Finals has followed suit. Now, the whole playoffs, they've had moments First couple of rounds, there were storylines and intrigue, drama, right? The Joel Embiid injury, Luka Doncic missing a couple of games, right? The Phoenix Suns being pushed to game seven and losing. Yeah, there were were some storylines, okay. But the conference finals have been just dumb. In the Eastern Conference Finals, every game has featured... A 20 point lead. The Western Conference Finals are about to be a sweep. The margin of victory in the last 17 playoff games. Now, I last week told you about going back even further, but I'm just going to bring you the last 17. The margin of victory is 19.8 points. Let me just read it to you 2969. 25, 25, 11, 33, 28, 13, 14, 27, 9, 3. Ooh, that 3, that was close. 39, 30, 35. There has been a total of 7 clutch minutes or clutch time minutes, you know, late and close. And that's just disgusting. I don't know if it's going to get better, I hope that the rest of this Eastern Conference Finals, which is now down to a best of three, is going to be more competitive, and then I hope the NBA Finals are going to be more competitive, because right now, spreads haven't mattered, it's just been blowout, and these games have been over before they even start. The Miami Heat completely mailed in this game against the Boston Celtics. And you want to talk about reasons why you can go into the Jimmy Butler injury. My concern for the Heat coming into this game was that Jimmy Butler's injury, which forced him to leave game number three, I felt that if at any point in this game the Celtics got a double-digit lead, that he would leave the game. Like if the game was out of hand, if the Celtics were up by 20, which they were, then Jimmy Butler would leave the game, and he did. No Tyler Hero. Big loss for the Miami Heat. I expected Victor Oladipo to step up, and he did. And it didn't even matter that Marcus Smart did not play for the Boston Celtics. Because frankly, they didn't even need him. The Heat completely mailed it in. They had 33 points in the first half. And you want to talk about, oh, well, the free throw disparity, right? Jason Tatum took more free throws than, than the entire Heat. And, well, why don't we talk about the lack of scoring, the inability to make a shot from the, Inside the three-point range. The fact that the Miami Heat had all of their starters in single digits as far as scoring. That their starters scored 18 points in this game. The fewest amount of points for a starting unit since they started tracking starters and their stats in the NBA. I'm talking about playoff-wise. 18 points from their starters. 33 points total in the first half. They finished with 82 because, hey, they scored 30 in the fourth quarter. The reserves chipped in, you know. You got Duncan Robinson minutes. You got minutes from uh, Caleb Martin gave you minutes in this game. And for the Celtics, without Marcus Smart, didn't matter. Jason Tatum, 31 points as he continues to develop himself into an elite player, which he is already, but continues to develop. Al Horford, with the 13 rebounds, contributed big time. And they got a couple of threes from other players. They didn't even need to shoot that many. This was... This just wasn't even a competitive game. I don't even even want to get into it anymore. What, what, What more do I have to say? It was an embarrassment. Every game in this series has been an embarrassment. The Celtics, yes, have established themselves as the better team. I think that's clear. And if you look at the futures market, which we have some future lines for the NBA Finals, the Celtics would be, both, both teams, by the way, Celtics and Heat, would be an underdog against the uh, Golden State Warriors. And I understand that. So they, they, the Warriors have been the best team. But the Celtics would be less of an underdog. The Heat would be north of, you know, they would be like minus 200, the Warriors would be. They'd only be like minus 135 or so against the, the, the Celtics. So everything about this, everything about the market, and the pricing on these games, it's all pointed to the Celtics being the better team. And that's obvious from everything that we've watched. Right now, the Celtics minus 165 to win this series, which, hey, that's interesting because there's only three games left and two of these games are in Miami. So Boston's going to have to win another game in Miami. Right now, the Celtics are a one-point favorite in Miami in game number five. Let that sink in. They're a one-point favorite on the road, meaning that on a neutral floor, they'd be a four-point favorite, and at home, now a seven-point favorite, which makes sense considering they went off at six and a half seven you could have got maybe even seven and a half here in this game and the spread doesn't matter it has not mattered and it won't matter in game number five so if the Celtics you know you're afraid of this spread moving don't be money lines only minus 120. if it Celtics get to minus two which they probably will by the time this game is played, again, it won't matter. Celtics are going to win this in six. Celtics are winning the next two games in this series. And right now, you want to look at the um, correct score markets. Celtics to win in six is the favorite at plus 160. Celtics to win in seven is plus 250. The Heat to win in six plus 500. The Heat to win in seven plus 250. Fifty. I think there's an interesting market, though, when it comes to the Western Conference Finals. The Warriors have a three-games-to-none lead over the Dallas Mavericks. And this game will be played here on Tuesday night. Here's where things get interesting. I ask myself a couple of questions. One, knowing the Warriors closeout game history on the road. Do I like Dallas in this game? You know, Dallas playing with desperation. They're down 3-0, trying to save face on home floor. Perhaps this could be another gentleman's sweep, which is something that we've seen earlier here in the playoffs with the Golden State Warriors, right? It's what they did to to Denver, right? Go up three games to none, lose game four in Denver, return home, and win this series. Because that's, heck, that's what the Warriors like to do. They like winning it at home. And looking at the price, it probably is telling us that that's what they believe is going to happen. It's what the market thinks is going to happen. Warriors are a one-point dog. In this game, in Dallas. But then I start to think. The last time the Warriors made it to the NBA Finals. They swept Portland in the Western Conference Finals. And I believe that was the last time the Warriors actually covered a spread. In a closeout game. On the road. I'm thinking, with Golden State knowing just what's coming next, meaning the NBA Finals, the desire to finish this series and earn the extra two days of rest leading into the NBA Finals, I think is extremely valuable. And I don't think, as much as the Warriors have done this in the past, in other series, I don't think they want this to come back to San Francisco for a Game 5. I think they end it on Tuesday night in Dallas. I'm Scott Sidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the ZIN 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, ZIN nicotine pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zyn Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zyn 10 Challenge today at zyncom 10. That's zyncom 10. Zyn Nicotine Pouches are only for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sandenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSYN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter. At Scotts on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. So we have the lines out for uh, the game coming up here on Tuesday night, Western Conference Finals. Mavericks minus one against the Warriors. Uh, Money line is even. It's minus one ten both ways. And uh, I do think that Warriors do close it out. I understand their history with closeout games on the road and liking to to win the series at home, but knowing the NBA finals is coming up next and the seeing the value of the extra rest, uh, I think does benefit the golden state warriors here or knowing that that could benefit them. And uh, I actually think that they want to get this thing done in game four. Now, can the Mavericks come out and, and dominate? Absolutely. And what did we see the last time these two teams played? We saw the Mavericks actually you know, play pretty well uh, in the first half. And then the Golden State Warriors just dominate the third quarter and win that game by nine. So it could be a close first half. I don't hate maybe Dallas in the first half, but I do think Golden State does close this thing out and wins this series and earns the sweep and then awaits the winner which of the Eastern Conference Finals, which I believe will be the Boston Celtics, who will win the next two games in my opinion. And the Celtics right now are a one-point favorite in Miami in game number five. And the favorite outcome for the conference finals is to have the Celtics winning in six. That is plus 160. The Celtics right now are minus 165 to win this series against the Miami Heat, who are one plus one 145, On the uh, comeback. And NBA Finals. Warriors minus 155 to win the title. Celtics plus 240. Heat plus 500. And I've seen already pricing on the NBA Finals. If it's the Warriors against the Heat. The Warriors were minus 200. And if it's the Warriors against the Celtics. It was a little lower. It was closer to like 135, 140. So um, it's interesting, I see here 155 up on DraftKings for their futures odds, but uh, I think once it is determined that Miami's out of it, Dallas is out of it, kind of change all the markets, and that we'll see the series price come out Warriors against the Boston Celtics, which I believe the Warriors do have home court advantage in the NBA Finals, so that's why they are the slight favorite, giving them the uh, odds for being the whole team with home court advantage. Stanley Cup playoff action, we are starting to see um, the better teams kind of win out. Uh, The Lightning, they have now closed out a sweep of the Panthers to nothing. The Florida Panthers, who were the President's Trophy winners this year, can't take that away from them, finished the regular season with the most points in the league, and Uh, Scored the most goals, I believe, in the league this year. 340 goals this year. The next highest team was the Toronto Maple Leafs with 315 goals. That's how prolific this team was this year. 58-18-6 in the regular season. And they get swept by the two time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. And Andre Vasilevsky, you look at this dude, and in closeout games over the past several seasons, he is. Unbelievable. I believe I saw what is it 10 and 0? I'll double check the numbers for you here. But in this game, Vasilevsky makes 49 saves in a shutout. Look at what he has done in this series in game number one he faces 34 shots and makes 33 saves. In game number two, he faces 36 shots and makes 35 saves. In game number three, faces 35 shots and makes 34 saves. And in game number four, 49 shots, 49 saves. He allowed three goals to the team that scored the most goals in the regular season this year. He now has 10 straight wins, I believe it is, in series-clinching games. Unbelievable. 10-0. and in elimination games since 2020 and six of them are shutouts. That's that courtesy of our very own Andy McNeil. Andy tweeted out Vasilevsky facing the best offensive team in 26 years and allows three goals on 154 shots in a sweep. 10 and 0 in elimination games since 2020. Elimination games meaning like they can eliminate the other team. Um, You know, not games in which, like, they're facing elimination. Because, like, obviously they're not facing elimination here when they're up three games to none. Uh, Six of them were shutouts. And he continues, have to think we will never see anything like this again. You know, people ask, how do you win three straight Stanley Cups? (laughs) It's by having a goaltender who, when the moment gets big, it, it's never too big for him. And he actually rises to the occasion. It's going to be a, a fantastic Eastern Conference Finals, regardless of who makes it out of the other series, whether it's the Rangers or the Hurricanes. And if it's the Rangers, what a goaltending matchup that is going to be. Because I know people want to, you know, remember those two bad games that Igor Shesterkin had in Pittsburgh. But if you, you I know you can't take those games away because they happened. All right. Yeah, they happened. But if you look at his performance in that Penguin series and you look at what he did in the third period and overtimes. He was absolutely dominant. Which is what you want from a goaltender in the most important periods of the game. So yeah, he got roughed up in the first period in games three and four in Pittsburgh. But besides that, he was great. And just looking at the game logs here against uh, the Hurricanes... You know, they lose 2-1 in overtime on a fluky goal in game number one. He makes 24 saves on 26 shots. They lose 2-0 in game two. One of them was an empty netter, so he makes 20 saves on 21 shots. In game number three, makes 43 saves on 44 shots and allows just the one goal. In the closeout game, Against Pittsburgh, he made 39 saves with the 4-3 win in overtime. He is just, he's not on the Vasilevsky level, but if these two guys have to face each other, um, that is going to be one heck of a series. Right now, Rangers trail Carolina two games to one. Game number four coming up here Tuesday night from Madison Square Garden. The Rangers minus 115 with a total of five and a half. And then the other game that we'll see Tuesday night is game number four from Edmonton. The Oilers leading the Flames two games to one. Edmonton minus 120 with a total of six and a half. Coming up next, we'll get back into the NBA Finals, talk about what Miami has to do to get back in this series. And it's crazy to say those words, get back in the series when it's tied at two games apiece. Our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel will join me coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead here on VSIN. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VSIN.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets, my MLB card as well. Jonathan Von Tobel will have Best Bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup Playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full v experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Points Red Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com summer. Scott Satterberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. If you are a V-CIN subscriber and you got last week's edition of Point Spread Weekly, well, then you probably hit when it came to the PGA Championship because uh, our very own Wes Reynolds, I believe, had uh, Justin Thomas as the winner. Um, Our very own Matt Eumanns was on Will Zalatoris, who wound up being in the playoff with Justin Thomas. I was on Will Zalatoris. And for the second time this season, I lose a Will Zalatoris outright in a playoff. He lost the Genesis in a playoff to Luke List and then loses the PGA Championship in a playoff to Justin Thomas. (sighs) What a shame. I mean, look, I've been betting on him every tournament. I've done. I've I've had a piece of Will Zalatoris in every tournament because partially I'm I'm. It's not like I'm on tilt, but um, I know he's gonna win one of these. He's just too good. I know he's gonna win one of these tournaments. I'm just waiting for it to happen. I also have like some major FOMO because or, or you know because I don't want to have him win a tournament. And I didn't bet him. The thing that bothers me a little bit now is I had him at 47-1 to here to win the PGA. And I don't know if we are going to see that price or a price like that ever again with Zalatoris. Performing like this You know, maybe that's not the case, because he did perform this well at the Masters last year um, and came up short. So I was going to say maybe performing like this in a major, it it, it elevates his stature. People are aware of him now, and they're going to start betting him. Um, But then again, it could have happened after the Masters last season, and I guess it didn't, or it did to an extent, but it didn't have that huge of an effect. And plus, you got to shop around, too. Because one book will make his odds one thing. Another book will have his odds somewhere else. The guys here at Circa do a great job of moving the lines. You know, if they're not getting any action on him, the price is going to change. So I love what they do here. So you can just keep checking back. And like I said, um, you know, I got him at 47 to 1. And what a bummer. Not as big of a bummer as, what was it, Rufus Peabody's... uh, play on Mito Pereira and he had a great he did a great spot this morning on a numbers game with Gil and if you missed that be sure to just go to the VSIN uh, Twitter page at vCin live or the VSIN YouTube page and make sure you catch that interview it's a fascinating eight nine minute watch uh, Rufus explaining everything involved in that Mito bet, uh, the response to him posting the bet on Twitter, and everyone saying, why didn't you
1: hedge,
0: and you know, all this stuff. Um, so it's a great conversation, and uh, also just know, like, here in Vegas, like, there's no place, like, there's, you're not gonna get a live odds to, it, in the final round. Just, it doesn't happen. Um, you know, maybe if you were in a state that had the uh, our DraftKings available, something like that, you could check that out, but You're not coming a Circa here and getting a live bet on Justin Thomas. Uh, Anyway, so that was an interesting conversation. Definitely go check that out. And it was a bummer losing Willie Z. But, man, that was a fun, fun end of a golf tournament. A really fun end of a golf tournament. See, I love the majors. I really do. And who doesn't love the golf majors? But I really do enjoy watching them i enjoy betting on them and uh one of these days you know we'll, we'll get my guy <laughs> we'll get him the hit i only placed you know it's crazy it's like i feel okay cuz i only invested in like i said i had four bets for this tournament and i had uh one real bet and by real bet i mean like a you know like a full size bet and then you know put some pieces on some outrights my outrights were wills out and Shane Lowry, I bet those two guys every tournament. And then I had an outright on Tiger Woods, just, you know, listen, was it a waste of money, absolutely. But why not? At 100 and, I got it at 101 to 1. So at 101 to 1, worth a shot. Uh my regular bet though was Tiger to make the cut. We Talked about it here on the show. Um everyone was was was, you know, looking at that bet. Our very own Matt Eumens was on it, uh, and he came on the show and talked about it, and uh, that's the one that we we hit. So it paid for every other bet. <laughs> so that's what you want to do, right? That's 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 all that matters is uh, covering CYA and make a little bit of profit. Speaking of profit, um, we've been on a major league baseball run, just in just an absolute tear. And sometimes you're feeling confident. You don't want to get overly confident. You got to understand that it's a grind. If you're betting daily like I am, you know, things take their ups and downs. Uh, Go through a hot streak and then you go through a cold streak. You got to make sure bankroll management is very important, discipline, you don't want to start fluctuating from your, your plan or your strategy. You can reevaluate your strategy, and if you feel like you know you get to a point where you want to differentiate your unit size as your bankroll has increased, I, I recommend that. As your bankroll grows, your unit size will grow. But don't get reckless. Stick to your plan. Stick within your means. But we're feeling very good. Uh, it's 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 moments like this that make you really um, have confidence in your process and the way that uh, I go about handicapping these games. I know some people are just blind numbers betters, and I got no problem with those people, and that's fine. I get it. Uh, they, they, the teams mean absolutely nothing. They are just numbers on a computer screen, and that's cool. That's fine with me. I... My process is a little bit different. I look at the numbers on the surface with these players. I'm big into pitching handicapping. Uh, I love looking at advanced numbers when it comes to these pitchers. You know, all the stat cast data that is so great and so prevalent now. But something that's really important to me that I like to see when things match up is situational handicapping. I think... It matters what the spot is for these teams. What's the travel? What's the rest? What time are they playing? What did they just do over the week? You know, over the weekend? Or what's what they do yesterday? What's coming up? Like, everything comes into play for me. And Wayne, the situation matches the numbers. I love it. Today, the Phillies were my favorite bet. Play of the day was the Phillies over the Braves. Uh, The situation spot was great for me. My read, the Zach Wheeler spot was great. Uh, Wheeler's a guy who has been just coming into his own. You know, he started the season a little rough, and I get it. He had big expectations coming into the year, but he was also dealing with a little bit of an injury coming into the year and you throw in the shortened spring training, it was going to take some time for him to get ready. So after two or three starts where he wasn't at his best, the dude has finally settled in. He's finally in a groove right now. And over his last five starts now, he's allowed five total runs. And that includes this start here on Monday, in which the Phillies beat the Braves 7-3. And... You know, I, I looked at this spot. Everything lined up for me. It's why I made it my play of the day. One of our plays was also the Orioles at plus 260 over the Yankees. Now, people look at me. Why did you bet the Orioles plus 260 over the Yankees? I'll explain why coming up next. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN the sports betting network. send the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Hit the DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action Blue Moon. Made brighter. Twenty-one and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Scott Sidenberg back here to look ahead on VCN, the sports betting network. We are on a nine-zero run with our baseball plays available to subscribers on the VCN.com daily best bets page. Uh, if you are a VCN subscriber, you get your emails every day and. There are plays in your email, but there's also a link that says click here for an updated uh spreadsheet that updates live throughout the day. It's a live it's a great, it's a live document that updates throughout the day and it has plays from our hosts, our guests, everybody that is on the shows. And you can get them throughout the day just click on the link and refresh the page. Uh the e- easier that's an easy way to get it or you can just go to the homepage on vsim.com. scroll down to the middle of the page where it says quick links and click on daily best bets from hosts. And that's where you will, then you'll click on the day of the week. So Monday, you click on Monday. Tuesday, you click on Tuesday. See, it's very simple. Uh, today, we had five plays up on the dock. And those five plays were the Philadelphia Phillies play of the day. And they win seven to three over the Braves. The Dodgers, minus a run and a half, and they beat the Nationals 10-1. to The Cubs on the money line, and they beat the Reds 7-4. to The Cardinals in the first five innings, and they had a 1-0 lead over the Blue Jays after five innings. And then the Baltimore Orioles money line at plus 260 over the New York Yankees. And the Orioles beat the Yankees. Six to four. And that one might have shocked people. Shocked me too. Why did I pick the Baltimore Orioles? Well, combination. The situation really was great for the Orioles and not so great for the Yankees. First off, the Yanks were coming off of Sunday Night Baseball. Not only were they coming off Sunday Night Baseball, The Yankees were coming off of a double header on Sunday. And I like going against teams. And maybe not so much, you know, going against them. I like going against their production, if you will. So the first part here was, I'm not going to take the under. Even though I thought about the under. Because Garrett Cole was on the mound, and I said, I'm not going to take the under. Because it's Yankee Stadium, and he, he, a pop-up to right field winds up being a home run, and next thing you know, the, the under's shot, right? This could be a a 4-1 to one game, and the under looks great, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, you walk a guy in the eighth inning, and then, you know, you, you get a single, now it's first and third, and the next guy hits a home run to right field, and... And your 4-1 game becomes a 7-1 game. And it's just, I I don't know. There's something about Yankee Stadium and unders. The the spot has to really jump out to me for me to like uh, an under there. But I liked the Yankees' production to be down after their doubleheader yesterday and coming off of the Sunday night game last night. Throw in the fact that Yankees deal with not a distraction, but there's a little bit of awkwardness going on. Yankees third baseman Josh Donaldson was suspended one game by Major League Baseball for the incident that occurred over the weekend in which uh he got into it with Josh Donaldson. What happened was he uh excuse me, he got into it with Tim Anderson. He called Tim Anderson Jackie as a reference to Jackie Robinson. Tim Anderson is black and he took exception to it called the comments disrespectful. Donaldson says, hold up. I've joked with him about this in the past. I call him Jackie because he gave an interview a couple of years ago where he compared himself to Jackie Robinson. The interview that Josh Donaldson's talking about is in 2019 with Sports Illustrated. Anderson said that he kind of feels like, quote, today's Jackie Robinson. That's huge to say. But it's cool, man, because he changed the game and I feel like I'm getting to a point where I need to change the game. So that's what Donaldson says he was referencing. Um, Donaldson is appealing the suspension. He says that the two players joked about the interview in the past. Uh, he's referred to him with uh, as Jackie or without an issue. Now, quote, obviously he deemed that it was disrespectful, and look, if he did, I apologize. That's not what I was trying to do, end quote. Donaldson was also fined for his comments, and um, he said here, quote, there's no dispute over what was said. Oh, no, Michael Hill, the league's senior vice president for on-field operations, said, quote, There's no dispute over what was said on the field. Regardless of Mr. Donaldson's intent, the comment directed towards Mr. Anderson was disrespectful and in poor judgment, end quote. That's why Donaldson has been suspended for one game. But prior to the suspension being announced, I had my concerns about the Yankees and this situation. Josh Donaldson was put on the COVID list prior to the game. I guess he had um had I don't know, flu-like symptoms or or not flu-like symptoms, but you know, he he was um he was not feeling well. Don't know if he tested positive or maybe he got tested but he didn't um didn't test but he, he was put on the list, okay? So, the Yankees unveiled a lineup here on Monday that included Rizzo, Judge Stanton, one, two, three. All right. Top three looks good, right? Rizzo, Judge, Stanton. Glaber Torres batting fourth. Isaiah Kiner for Leffa batting fifth, Aaron Hicks, sixth, Estevan Florio, seventh, Jose Trevino, eighth, and Marwin Gonzalez, ninth. Yeah. That's not the Yankees' best lineup. No Josh Donaldson. No DJ LeMahieu. <laughs> It would, uh, no Joey Gallo. Um, this is, yeah, this is not a good lineup. So, I got probably, not probably, I'd say that this is definitely the weakest Yankees lineup that we have seen this season. Maybe the one that we saw in game two of the doubleheader uh, on Sunday night comes close. But you had LeMahieu in that lineup, which helps. But that lineup featured Florial, Marwin Gonzalez, and Rob Brantley at catcher. So that was a pretty weak lineup for Yankee standards in that second game. So maybe that one was a close, you know, worse second or whatever. But this lineup was pretty bad. So now I got to think about this game. Do the Yankees deserve to be as heavy favorites as they were against the Baltimore Orioles with that lineup? Minus 310 with that lineup? I know that Garrett Cole is on the hill. But Garrett Cole can get hit. And this Orioles team can actually hit. Coming off of a good win against the Tampa Bay Rays in uh, come-from-behind fashion. And I love it when that happens. I really do. There's something about teams that come from behind and win carrying that momentum over to their next games. And the Phillies came back and won against the Dodgers, Carry that momentum over here in this game on Monday. The Orioles come back and win against the Rays, carry that momentum over to here against the Yankees. Everything just lined up. Plus 260 was worth a shot, and it came through. 9-0 in our last nine plays, 14-2 going back to Friday. Hit me up on Twitter at Scots on Air. This is the look ahead here on VC.